Welcome to the Princess and the Bee podcast, the place to be to build your empire as queen of your body, business, and life. I'm your host, Kimberly Spencer, founder of crownyourself.com, and I'm an award-winning coach, Amazon best-selling author, and multi-passionate entrepreneur. Each week, I give you the systems, strategies, and success stories to help you master your mindset, communicate with ease, and triple your productivity so you make the income and the impact you deserve. Imagine this podcast as your weekly spark of inspiration as you take it to the next level with all the bees of your life, body, business, bank account, boys, and babies. Let's make it rain. Hello, my fellow sovereigns, and welcome back to another episode of The Princess and the Bee. I am so excited to be back with you here, intimate, in the space, just you, me, and the microphone, and not pregnant. This is my first podcast episode after 10 months of pregnancy. (laughs) Like, that is an elephant baby. And given Colton's very rapidly growing size, he definitely is my my bigger baby. And it is so beautiful to have two baby. Well, Declan's no longer a baby. He's very clearly stated that. But to have have both my kids and have them out of me and the learning that we have had over the past few weeks has been so much. Like I always said that Declan was my greatest coach because and still is like he is my mirror in so many ways. He shows me all my triggers all the stuff, all the shadow stuff I work, I got, still got to do because I'm like, oh, dang, I thought I handled that. And now something else is coming up. And that's the beauty of having kids is they're just little mirrors mirroring so much of you. And Colton, what I have felt since I was pregnant with him and what I now really is is crystal clear with him being out of me is doubling down on discipline. And I read this quote from somebody on Instagram and I Wish I could knew who it was to quote them, but it was fantastic. It said, in the absence of discipline, motivation is useless. And I read that and I got chills because Colton has been my little disciplined, I was going to call him my little disciplined donkey because he's <laughs> Colt, Colton, horse, donkey, kind of similar animal species. Um, But Colton, I have always, with Declan, when I was pregnant with him, I felt a high, high, high amount of empathy. When I was pregnant with Declan and I'd be on a coaching call with a client and they were having a breakthrough and they'd start crying, Declan would literally start kicking me from the inside and I would feel this massive surge of like, I want to help, mama, I want to help. Declan still lives into that with his absolute love of service, and he is such a, a such an amazing little helper around the house, especially now with his new brother. And Colton, when I was pregnant with him, and still now, the the word discipline just kept coming up over and over and over. And when I was on maternity, I definitely took some time to be very disciplined with looking at our strategies for where we're moving toward with crown yourself looking at what's worked what hasn't we you if you've gone to the website recently you'll see that all those self-study courses that i had created back from 2018 are gone we had a big blow up sale they are gone dunzo bye-bye they were very we we said goodbye to them with uh, love and grace and they were they served its purpose for when they were 
existing on our site. And from, you know, 2018, they've worked and helped many, many people. And now they're gone. And now we're moving on to new things like communication queens, which I am so excited to be sharing more about. If you already are like, what is this communication queens? If you want to learn about how to profit from guest podcasting, then I highly recommend you click the link in the description to get on the wait list. Um, This is our new founding program of how we did 70,000 in new business last year from me appearing on only about 50 podcast episodes. So that's me only working about 12 hours or 50 hours, not 12 hours, 50 hours in a 12 month period. Now, obviously there are other things that I was working on during that time, but for the main part of the lead generation, for our lead generation and sales strategy, me just working 50 hours did magical things for our lead generation and new business revenue. So if you want to learn how I did that, then definitely hop on the waitlist for Communication Queens in the description below. We will be opening up the doors on August 24th. So make sure you are on the early enrollment list to get um, special access and several extra bonuses. And the reason why I am launching this program is because Guesting on podcasts was exactly what was one of the things that we realized was maximizing my time and money spent on team. Because in the past, and let me know if this resonates with you, like drop me a DM on Instagram. In the past, I'd just done things that were like, oh, this is you know, I need to be doing this and this and this and this and this in my business. Like when I was called to create the Princess and the Bee podcast, I totally created it. It's been amazing. I love every single listener. I love the DMs that I get. And I love being able to have this platform. When we looked at, I took a really strategic look a couple years ago at like what was working the best for lead generation and for sales. And back then it was me and live events. So look, looking at those things that were really driving sales, by looking at that, that led me to doing more live events, which led me to closing about one client, basically every live event I went to back in 2019. And the beautiful thing was I saw how you can maximize your time, your money, and your effort. Because here's the thing. We don't build businesses. We don't build empires. We don't, we aren't in this game to just be busy. We aren't in this game, this game of entrepreneurship or leadership or building the empire, the street cred, the, the amazing brand, whether it's a personal brand or your business brand that you're building to just work more. And yet so many people do. And so many entrepreneurs that I've worked with and myself included had done that. That's what I did back in 2016, 2017, 2018. And then in 2019, something shifted. And I think it was because Declan started walking. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I have less time because I am chasing around a toddler. And what happens is, is it's Parkinson's law that work expands for the amount of time that is allotted. And so if you if you allot a ton of time to certain tasks, or if you allot extra energy to certain tasks that aren't producing income, that will expand, but maybe not in the best way that you want it to. And so since you can always make more money, but you can never make more time, being a mom of two has now 
double down my discipline. And I felt this all throughout being pregnant with Colton. But now it's very apparent even more so on doing only the things that serve in my zone of genius. And if you don't know what your zone of genius is, then be sure to go to the YouTube video that I did on Discover Your Zone of Genius. Because this zone of genius, I have seen a direct correlation between the amount of income someone is producing and the amount of time that they're spending in their zone of genius. And if you are not producing the level of income that you desire to be producing, then odds are you are probably not spending as much time in your zone of genius as you should be. And if you're not spending time in your zone of genius, then that means that you're, the, all the things that you're so productive in doing are probably not things that are driving profitability. And they're probably, some things are busy work. And so when you look at from this space, from the vision of profitability, you will be able, so you work back from that thing that you want. So instead of working toward and doing all these things and posting on Instagram and doing your podcast and and doing a challenge and then doing a summit and then doing more interviews and doing all this doing, instead of doing that, you look at the profit. You start at profit first. And when you look at what is profitable and what is producing income, then you work back on what are the things, what are the tools, what are the strategies, what are the tactics that have worked to produce that level of income? And when I took this assessment, like my own personal, like it's not an assessment that you take online or anything, like just look at your business and look at your numbers and ask yourself as you're looking at your numbers, as you're looking at what brought in, what, where did those come from? Where did those numbers come from? Did they come from Instagram? Did they come from YouTube? Did they come from social media posting? Did they come from your Facebook community? Did they come from podcasts? Did they come from other people's podcasts? Did they come from live events? And so back in 2018, when I did this like self-business assessment on myself and crown yourself, I looked at and I, I realized that majority of my clients that I was closing, I had met in person in some way or another. So at a live event or at like an online live event. And so I doubled down on going to strategic live events with groups and inside of groups and communities that I knew had somewhat of my ideal customer. And I didn't do this to like go there and specifically like I'm going to go and close like five clients a day. No, that's you feel that energy when you meet somebody when they are looking at you like a piece of meat. Just like you feel that energy when you're dating and you're like that person just wants to fuck me and (laughs) they don't really want a relationship. And so I approached live events and I have always approached live events as just building a relationship because that's what business really is. That's what marketing really is. And unless you want to do it the sleazy route and be like that creepy guy in a bar who just looks at everyone like a piece of meat and that can work. Um, It does work sometimes, but I wouldn't say that's a really long game strategy. So when you assess what brings in the profit and what's produced the results, then you work back from there and you double down on what's produced results. So you'll start first from what's produced income, profit, income, like anything that has produced revenue, and then you work back. And when you look back, then you're able to look forward. So when you work back, when you look, you take the end results, you take what you've made to this point. What's really worked, what hasn't, and also what made you feel good? Because I know sometimes we've taken on clients or we've accepted jobs, freelancing jobs or whatnot, that do not make us feel good. 
that are just like, oh man, maybe maybe you lowballed your price when you really should have stuck to your higher price point. Maybe you, and that's typically the one that I see with most of my clients, um, is that they like discounted their offer or they discounted their services in order to build the relationship and it just like it doesn't end well um so look at did did, did it make you feel good like i know that when i have a, a customer that i know has charged what i have been charging for my products and services and i'm like yes that made me freaking feel good that sale made me feel good and i know that if the sale didn't make me feel a hundred percent good then i know that maybe my prices are too low and that I'm not charging for the the level of transformation that I'm able to provide through my coaching, or there's something else off, or maybe it's not the right client or something. And so I'm able to look and assess that. So also look at, so start with the end result and work backward from there. And also the end result is also, did it make you feel good? So if you discounted your services or you discounted your price for a job or you discounted your, your coaching package, because of whatever reason, you can, there's no need to go into the reasons, because of whatever reason, then if it didn't make you feel good, then you work backward from it and say, okay, well, maybe I just, maybe that's a boundary that you need to hold your price point. Maybe that's a boundary that you, or that you need to only choose clients who are value aligned with your values or work with people who are aligned with your values. Or maybe it's a, a sign that you need to hold a boundary of, well, demanding that people respect you. Um, that could be it too. So there there are many things, but looking at and working backwards from there. Then once you've looked backwards, then you got to look forwards and beyond. So you got to know where you want to go. Like if you were going to maximize and double down on the strategies that got you to that place that was is to where that got you to where you are now and you were going to only take those strategies that worked and ditch everything else that didn't then that means you got to know also where you're going so what is the revenue that you want to make what where do you want to be going what and if you were to double down on the few things that work instead of all the things that don't and spread yourself super thin, what would you be doing? And where would you, like, where is it that you want to go? So what do you want to make in the next year? What's already allowed you to make a certain amount of income? What part of that income has made you feel really good about making it? And what part were you like, meh, meh, meh. I did that, but meh. Like, it didn't make you feel super amazing. And so those are those are sometimes the jobs or offers or clients that are not fully aligned. And so that allows you to work backwards as well as to like what values you need to, like I said, what values do you need to have? What um, boundaries you need to hold? And what do you need to demand and no longer tolerate? Once you're there, you've worked backwards. Now you're looking forwards as to where you want to go. Then step number two is you got to know what is driving the bacon wagon. So what is bringing in the bacon? As my husband says, I bring in bacon and he fries it. <laughs> so where have you primarily seen results from your efforts that have resulted in cash that felt good? So jobs that felt good, not ego or emotional driven results. So you didn't. it's not just like, oh, I felt good putting out these podcasts or I felt good putting out this YouTube video. 
No, what actually are the things that produce the revenue? So very, being very crystal clear on what are those things that produce a revenue that, and also a revenue as to where you felt good. So being able to assess, did you feel good with that price point? Did you feel good with that client? And if not, there's no reason to get all judgy. Like you did the best you could with the reasons that you, with which the resources you had available at the time. So now you have the, the awareness of having hindsight, which is a resource. And so now you can use that resource of hindsight to be able to question and say, well, what needs to change? If you, res- if you received cash that didn't feel good. Like for example, I had one client who received, who got a very, very top-notch client, like in her in her field. Um, she got an amazing client that was going to be amazing on the the resume, basically, of what she, who she's produced for, and and she she was in event production, and but the cash did not make her feel a hundred percent good. And so what she found was it was both a values misalignment and a price misalignment. So that being able to assess like what's driving the bacon wagon, what allowed her to get that client, and then also looking at, well, where did this job client relationship go awry? But the other problem that I see with so many entrepreneurs, especially in the influencer or coaching industry, is that they are driven by ego or emotional results. Like, oh, I felt really good putting out this podcast or I feel really good posting on Instagram or I feel really good making TikTok videos, but none of that is actually producing cash. And while that may make you feel good, and I totally believe in following what makes you feel good, sometimes just doing that is also a diversion from doing the thing that may scare you, which may actually be making more money. And so assess if feeling like if feeling good and you're doing those things that produce revenue and that make you feel good producing revenue and you do those other things that make you feel good just because they make you feel good, then keep on doing the things that make you feel good to feel good. Like I love doing this podcast. I know that guest podcasting has brought in more business revenue than this The Princess and the Bee at, at this moment. That's fine. I still love doing this. Um, but I also know that I have guest podcasting and other lead generation strategies that have really worked well so that I'm able to have the time and the energy and the money to be able to sustain my team in producing this podcast so that I can continue to stay focused on the main goal of where I want to go back to step number one, which is the vision. So it's not just the vision of the impact of the income that I want to make, but the impact. And this podcast is a huge part of it. And so by knowing that this podcast is a huge part of it, I stick with it and I love it. And I love being able to chat with you and see your DMs and see the connection that we have. But it's only because I was able to do that bacon wagon assessment and see what was primarily driving cash results, double down on those things that has allowed me to continue to do the other things in my business that I enjoy, but that may not be producing as much cash revenue. Now, step number three is then know how to double down on those things that are directly driving the revenue. So for example, back when it was live events for me, when live events were allowed and open in the world, um, I know in some places now that the pandemic is is do, faring better. I am not quite sure how to describe it, um, but that things are lifting. Um, but at the same time, there are many places where 
live events are still not allowed. And at this moment, I cannot do a live event in Australia that's paid simply because I need a student visa. Uh, so I'm waiting on that still from my husband. We're still on our bridging visa here in Australia. But step number three is once you know those few things that are bringing in and driving that bacon wagon, then double down on those things. So for example, last year when we we discovered that guest me guesting on podcasts was actually creating more lead generation and, and revenue than doing our own podcast. We doubled down on creating on con- making those podcast connections. I, we increased our, I increased my team's goal uh, from 25 podcasts a week reaching out to 25 podcasts a week using our communication queen strategy to a hundred. Once we hit a hundred, then we had the th- then I wasn't doing a hundred interviews. they were reaching out a, to a hundred podcasts a week. And then once we were booking the interviews, then, our income increased the next month, it doubled. And then once it doubled, then I was able to say, okay, let's look at those other things, the other 80% that produces 20% of results. Because that's basically this backwards approach of really looking at your productivity to be able to have that profitable productivity is looking at the 20% that produces 80% of your results. So that is Parkinson's, not Parkinson's law. Parkinson's law is one of them. Work expands to, for the amount of time that you give it. But that's Pareto's principle that basically says 20% will produce 80% of your results. 80% will produce 20% of your results. So if you want to maximize your time and your profitability and your productivity, you want to focus on the 20% that produces 80% of your results. And for us, especially last year, that was guesting on other people's podcasts. And we were able to develop a really kick-ass strategy that I am so proud of that was efficient in producing results. And I don't mean in just results in terms of cash flow. I mean in terms of time, which is now, what as a mom of two, what I have a lot less of to give to piddly things that actually don't move the needle. So what moves the needle for me, a couple things, just to wrap this episode up and send it on home, a few needle mover things that move the needle for me are the needle movers in my relationship. Like I need quality time with my husband in communication by ourselves with baby sleeping. So that is one of the things that moves the needle in our relationship. We do that every day. It has a compound effect. Another needle mover is me spending time one-on-one time with both of my children and being able to have that time and being able to like lay on the bed and just play with Colton and stare into his eyes and see his really gummy smile and being able to take Declan on a long walk and play with super balls or play balloon ball in the house like those are important needle movers that compound and have that compound effect in my relationships and those fuel me as needle movers because those needles are moving. Those fuel me as a business owner to be able to focus on the needle movers in my business. So like showing up to a podcast episode and being there to connect with a podcaster and have that podcast go out and go live and, and go to other people's audiences. That is a needle mover that was able to directly drive revenue. Me doing a consult call, that is a needle mover that allows me to drive directly drive revenue. Me spending my time on doing something that I could delegate to one of my team members, like crafting our 
creating images in Canva for Instagram. Those are not direct needle movers. And thus, those do not need to be done by me, nor are those in my zone of genius. So if I were to spend my time doing those things instead of the other things that actually drive revenue, I would actually be a hindrance and a blockade to the profitability of my business and the maximization of my time and efforts because because work expands for the amount of time that you give it, when you curtail the amount of time that you give tasks and you give work by like adding in new relationships like a new baby or a new dog, because you add in those things, that means that you have to be even more diligent about the things that you're focusing on to be able to move the needle forward. So I hope these profitability tips to maximize your time and your money really served. If they did, please drop me a DM inside of the Instagram. And if you are interested in learning more about how to profit from guest podcasting, then be sure to jump on the waitlist for Communication Queens. We will be opening up the doors, like I said, on August 24th. And our Facebook community, we already have it up and running for learning how to profit from guest podcasting. So make sure you jump on the early enrollment list. Learn how to leverage your guest podcasting experiences for more than just brand awareness, for actually building the income so that you can have the impact that you deserve. With that, as always, my fellow sovereigns, own your throne. Mind your business because your reign is now. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If what you heard resonated with you, be sure to subscribe and share your breakthroughs and ahas with me by leaving a review on iTunes so I can keep the magic flowing your way. And if you aren't already following us on social media, come experience the extra inspiration and queenly convos on Instagram at crownyourselfnow or visit our website at crownyourself.com. I am so excited to connect with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, go out there and create a body, business, and life that rules.